0: I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Bank Headlines for Tuesday. Finally, some fans in the stands in Atlanta, but LeBron's going back and forth with some of those fans. Now, here's the situation. Lakers were lane seven, down one with a minute and change left. They finish on a 9-0 run, win by eight, and cover. That darn LeBron. Super Bowl injury update. We just heard it. But both tackles still likely to be out for KC. Very unlikely either play. One's out for sure. Sammy Watkins likely in. You look at Tampa, good news. Brown, Winfield, and Whitehead all had limited participation, but still a big question for the game the daily market update for the super bowl no line change line is 3 Kansas City with a little extra juice total 56 but the second biggest bet of the year has come in 520,000 on Kansas City minus 3 minus 120 here comes a 4 hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more you're listening to
1: Fox Sports Radio, Radio. Radio. this is straight out of Vegas the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
0: You heard it, i R.J., live on a Tuesday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation on a big Super Bowl week. Now, how do we know it's big? It's Tuesday, and Steve Fezzik is here. I mean, this is his day of, uh, you know, personal sanity day, personal... How do you describe this day to the family? As typically, when you're off,
2: normally it's just a complete lazy day spent with family.
0: But I mean, because I mean, think about it. The weekend had—I mean, it was so long in the past. Well, I mean, you worked Monday and you needed to rest a little more.
2: Hey, I'm I'm betting like 16 hours on Saturday and Sunday. You do
0: realize. Think about this a second. You do realize. That the people that worked like in the coal mines and the factories and the farms, that's their recreation. On the weekends, when they bet, they don't say, Boy, I had to work a second job. I, I, I mean, come on, feds, watching games, that's what you're talking about? You got well, it, I just say you got it good. I got it. I good.
2: got it. I got it good. It's a really great way to make a living, if you uh, if you know what you're doing, RJ.
0: Yeah, especially if you're talking like a broken robot. I mean, you're you're very lucky. Sports betters listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their bodies. Now. We're the pros. He's the Joe. Jonas Knox in Los Angeles.
3: Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we get closer and closer to Super Bowl 55, we're getting injury updates across the board. But what is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday?
0: You know, I don't do this too often, and I'm not saying I'm going to take your thought. I want to get a vote from you. What would you lead with?
3: I would just talk about where the game is at and what the expectation is as far as a line move, because it feels like it's just holding. It's almost at this holding pattern. And I'm just curious which way, if it was going to move, which direction would it go into based on just the information we have now? And, and what are we waiting on as far as a line move? Or is this just going to be where it's at?
0: You know something get through the week? I may do that. Okay, Jonas, I'm going with you, but let's let's flesh it out a little bit. We'll talk about current market, what it means, what pressure feels up or down the big bet. But also we've got some interesting stuff on the amount of online betting this year. Some numbers came out. So, yeah, let's do a a betting kind of report on the game.
3: Yeah, and so Super Bowl 55 coming up on Sunday and on pregame.com right now. It's been at this number for quite some time now, it seems like. But we've got Kansas City, a three-point favorite uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: Remember something. When the line doesn't move, it means that there's a – it could mean two things. One is no one thinks there's any value and there's hardly any betting on it. And – That's not the case here. There's some major bets happening, major betting in general, which means now about half the people like Kansas City laying the three and half the people like Tampa taking the three. Now, you could have gotten three and a half. There's different VIG, but it's right there. So, Fez, you are, in my opinion, one of the real insightful screen guys. Now, what's a screen guy? So you can go to, let's say, pregame.com, for example, and there's a free odd screen. And a guy, when they say, oh, what are you doing, Fez? And you say, I'm watching the screen. Explain what you mean by that.
2: So I'm looking at any movements that are occurring – at key books that I think are sharper than the other books and I'm frankly looking at books that are holding the line and and they've got a number that's a little bit off market and despite that they're just they're like hey all the Kansas City you want to bring minus 3 lay a dollar 10 we're not moving
0: so how many like you've got 29 outs is the is the legend and you've got all those up or most of them on a screen and you're just based upon the book itself you're thinking about the numbers differently if it's a book you really respect you're saying oh look that book moved i respect that book that's a sign of things to come or maybe it's hey there's some rogue numbers out there that many most books don't have but you're thinking should i pick it off and play it so when you look at the super bowl right now live and look at that screen what's your observations like what, what's something and we're gonna get to the whole prop bat and the coin flip and all that but I'm talking about the game the the side the total what what are you feeling what are you saying
2: I got to talk about the MGM line because you can still get Tampa Bay plus three and a half lay a dollar 15 so that's the best number I see on the bucks okay on the screen, so RJ l-
0: let's talk the difference and you know I'm gonna keep this as simple as possible but if there's ever a time you need to understand it, the value of three. So think about it like this. A typical, uh, almost every sports book is going to, in any spread sport, so basketball or football, college or pro, they're going to say, okay, it's minus five, minus 110 each way. So if you want to take plus five, it's minus 110. You want to lay five, it's minus 110. So that's a typical uh, lay price. And and that's the vig. I mean, that's the old classic. If 100,000 is bet on team A, 100,000 on team B, the bookie wins, right? Because they're keeping that extra 10,000, and it counts out to less than 5% of the handle. But uh, the theoretical hold. Now, the difference between three and three and a half is bigger than any other number in any sport. Doesn't matter if it's basketball, football, the NFL three is the most valuable number in American sports. Why? Because the outcome of games that have a spread around three historically has been almost 10% of the time the favorite winning by three. So if you think about it, wow, if you're laying two and a half, they win by three 9% of the time or whatever, you win. You're laying three and a half, you lose. And this tells you how valuable three is. Fez, if you could bet plus uh, 3.5 and, and minus 2.5 and, and have to lay minus 110 each way, so you're laying the VIG both times, historically, that's been a slightly profitable uh, profitable bet. Do you agree with that?
2: Yes, you're 55% on both bets, so that's a rate ROI of about 5% for every dollar you put through, RJ. So think about it:
0: is If you kind of grown... If I'm on with Colin or someone's talking about the value of three and it's like, yep, a two and a half. I like the favorite at three. It's a pass. I get it. It sounds boring, but think about it. If you could lay two and a half and take three and a half, you would do both at the same time. Three is going to fall that often. So how much is it worth? It's worth about 20 cents. So if minus 110 is the standard, and then it's minus 115, that means five additional cents of the 20 moving in that direction. So it's about a quarter of the way there. So if it ends up being minus 120, it's half the way there, et cetera. So Fez, when we see something like three and a half minus 115 on the dog, we're effectively saying that's a quarter of the way between three and three and a half. So uh, does that sound right to you?
2: Well, it's actually closer to three and a half. Yeah, at the yeah, MGM. yeah. It's a quarter of the yeah.
0: way. It, it, yeah, be the, uh, that's correct. And I actually probably didn't say that perfectly. So if it was three and a half flat, you know, minus one ten, it would be uh, obviously the uh, the exact number. But no, you're having to lay the one fifteen, and it's about a quarter of the way tooth back to three. So they're saying the three quarters of the way past three, but at the other books it's pretty much about a quarter of the way past three. So, what we're saying is, there's about um, 50% of the distance between three and three and a half that the MGM is disagreeing with the other big books in the world. Is that a fair way to say it?
2: Exactly right. The MGM is really dealing an outlier on this game, despite, RJ, taking a $2 million bet on Tampa Bay they did not move.
0: So, it's like a guy that eats a pizza and a half... And he's still got an appetite. The MGM still has an appetite for, I mean, they want Tampa money, right? So that means they, they like Kansas City. Yes. Uh, I mean, but the MGM's not known to take such a position. I mean, like there's certain books that have strong opinions, right? And they're willing to take a major bet, major bets. MGM hasn't historically or in this new management been that kind of book, has it?
2: No, they have not. So this is quite a departure from what I'm used to seeing and what I'm used to seeing on the screen, frankly.
0: OK, I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Jonas, do you, I guess I'm going to ask you, do you have any idea why MGM? Well, <laughs> I, I just I, I, I don't understand? I have a
3: theory. I, I have a theory All that right. I want to throw at you. guys. I could be completely wrong on this. But what if this is a way for MGM to generate more business on the day of the game? to get more traffic into their casino. I don't know what the regulations and restrictions are, so I could be completely wrong about all this. But what if this is a way for them to go hey while everybody else is offering this look at what we're offering and they're willing to take a loss if that's the case just by getting more people into their casino more people more traffic on the floor and more people and more of a buzz inside the building to try and generate a, you know, a little bit more uh, business whether it's at the bars or whatever yeah. the case may be maybe that's the approach that they're taking
0: well it would seem like if you're two things make me think that's not necessarily the driver of this one is if you're going to do that, maybe you announce you're going to do that Sunday morning at 6am because the, or maybe Saturday, because if people flew in, but the foot traffic, you know, on a Tuesday is going to be really low. So why be exposed and why take that big $2 million bet if you're doing it for publicity? Uh, I mean, to me, and another thing I'd make the case is obviously in a COVID year in general, there's going to be less of a crowd. Um, So, I don't know. I mean, Fez, I'm going to put you on the case. Just make some calls because, I mean, I guess the last point I'll make is, and and we're kind of befuddled here, but we're being honest with you, this is an important part of the betting. Why in the world can you get three? Because right now, you literally can get three and just have to lay a little extra, if you like KC, and you get three and a half and have to lay a little extra. Typically, that's not the case. I mean, if it's a Sunday in the NFL feds and the lines between three, three and a half, you're not going to have that juicy of a three and that juicy of a three and a half at the same time very often. I mean, this is unusual. It's not just the MGM's the only one doing it now. This is unusual at any point during the NFL season, wouldn't you say?
2: exactly right RJ and frankly my experience in super bowls is that it's even rarer typically everybody holds the line and they're all at the same number this is rather
0: unusual when you say hold the line what do you what do you mean by that
2: well, once one once a, a series of books puts up three, the rest s- stick with the three, and then they'll move the vig. But they won't put a virgin number of three and a half up when ninety percent of the books are dealing three. Now did they?
3: You, I, okay, I'm James. Sorry, I was just no. going Did they, did they adjust the total on the game, or is it just the game line? Because if it's just the game line, but their total is right around the same as everybody else's, that would seem even more fishy to me. A little. Well,
0: bit what would the half? If what would you think the total? In what way would it be affected? If let's just say that, you know, MGM believes the line should be three and a half. Does that mean what? That the total should be higher or lower? Because I'm not sure what that would equate to.
3: Well, I'm just saying, is there are they simply just are they calculate their calculations different than everybody else's? Meaning they think that one team is favored and it's going to be or is this just them throwing out a number and just saying, hey, we'll take your business. And the fact that it didn't even move after a two million dollar bet tells me that that's probably what it is.
0: It's none of that, I don't think, and I'm willing to, I would be willing to make a major bet. And here's why if there's any game the entire season, football, the whole calendar year, that a book doesn't want to be off on an island by themselves getting one sided action, it's the Super Bowl. Because it's the one game with enough action that it can ruin an entire month for the book and and remember these most of these casinos specifically in vegas they have the month the vp of the casino is up there with the owners and the ceo once a month saying all right department sports book how'd you do what the super bowl february we lost and fez it's kind of the side point you're making which is that hold the line as you call it on three is because they don't want to get sided on the game. Now, what does that mean? So imagine it opens at three, there's a lot of betting, and it goes to three and a half, and there's a lot of betting. Over the, I'd say across the entire industry, so not just at any one place. So if the game falls three, what happens? Well, a majority of the betters at three were Kansas City. That's why the line went up. They push. A majority of the betters at three and a half are going to be Tampa. So they win. So they got sided. Instead of winning one and losing one, they push one, the books would, and lose one. And that's a catastrophe for the Super Bowl. Now imagine when the line's not on three and the line would go, let's say, from four to six. If it falls five, and this is the famous game, it's called Black Sunday, Super Bowl thirteen, Terry Bratch on the Steelers against Roger Staubach. Oh, what a goody boy. Went to Navy and the Dallas Cowboys. And the line opened up about two and a half in that game. Pittsburgh, it went up to four and a half and the game fell four. And almost everybody won because the early betters were on the favorite Pittsburgh and they won and the late betters were on Dallas and they won taking the four and a half. Fad, you you were there, weren't you, for that?
2: <laughs> I, I was not there, but I know the lessons Vegas learned from that. And I remember when Tennessee played the Rams about 10 years later, Joe Lupo talked about he was running the Stardust. And he said, you know, we're going to hang Rams minus seven, and it's going to take a million dollars to get me off of that number. I'm not moving. And then ultimately, that game landed seven, RJ. So the book's much more careful as the years have gone by about moving off of a key number. <sighs>
0: That's Steve Fezzik. We're wrapping up the market report for Tuesday and the Super Bowl. One last topic, though, and to kind of wrap what we just said, the books are going to be and, – and let me ask you this question, Steve, is I think it's possible – The books will be a lot more lopsided than they'd like to be, let's say, on Kansas City, and they won't go to three and a half. So is this an opportunity because the books are so scared of getting sided, of splitting up that number and then it falling three, that maybe it's going to be artificially the Kansas City price depressed? Do you think that that is a possibility, that they're just keeping the reins, kind of not letting the favorite run a little bit because they don't even want to have to think about going to three and a half?
2: Wow, that's a great point, because all of the liability that comes into 3.5, you could see the books being slow to move off of that 3. And if you do like Kansas City, you're probably going to be able to lay 3, even if the market starts edging upwards even more. Yes.
0: So, Jonas, last topic, we got a report on the projected number of online gamers uh, or online batters for the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, and there was a, there was a survey done for, uh, with the American Gaming Association. It said wagers on the Super Bowl are expected to be down thirty-seven percent. Now I don't know if that means ah. that, you know less people are are going to the casinos and doing it, and so that may, maybe means that there's going to be more online. But I was a little surprised to see that number before the show.
0: And to be honest, I am skeptical of that number. But yeah. the number they have that I thought was noteworthy, where they probably have some real insight, because my understanding is they're trying to guess on super bowl squares and you know family pools yeah. and so but if you look at the casinos uh, the online number of bettors they project to be up 63% from just yeah. last year and some of that's COVID where people were forced to kind of go get an app. But just like with Zoom, just like with some other things, I don't, you know, when we knock on wood, get back to normal. I think that the, the prevalence and the preponderance of online betting is never turning back. They're going to say that to whatever degree it was moving in that direction pre-COVID, during COVID, once the sports started back up, it became a necessity to have an app. And I don't think sports betting is ever going to be the same Fez, closing thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I think there's pent up demand from the whole pandemic, RJ. I think people are just itching to go ahead and get back into action and any way they can. I think that it's going to be a really, really heavily bet game. Did you
0: just wake up from a nap and it's been six months there's been action, right? It's been since (laughs) the end of July. What are you talking about?
2: Uh, I want more action. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, you still haven't made up for the half a year you didn't bet. True. But are you going to be talking about that in five years? All right. Well, what I can say in closing is this, is everyone remembers the Supreme Court and all that stuff. And it might seem like, yeah, I hear about Jersey. I hear about this. No, no, no. The industry has changed, the sports betting industry has changed more in the last two years, three years, than it ever has in any period of that length. And it really is. A guy like me, it's been in Vegas 20-plus years. You'd think I'd be like, oh, I've seen it all. I've done it. No, you've never seen this. This is new, and meaning just the amount of sports betting and the the aggressiveness of the states. And I think this continues and just gets bigger to whatever degree we weren't sure how sports betting was going to do. I think it's exceeded all expectations over these few years. Okay, when we come back, all the talk about Tom Brady or Belichick I'm going to tell you right now, it's foolish the way people are talking about it. I'll explain why.
3: He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox
1: Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with an I disagree with protocol.
0: I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
3: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of You, the fan. Coming up in just a couple of moments from now, it is the debate that is taking place all leading up into the Super Bowl Belichick or Brady.
0: Cold cash over hot takes, baby. That's the way we do it here. And Fez is in the house on a Tuesday. You know, I knew a guy once. He was a crazy dude, Jonas. His name was Mick, and he thought he was like Mick Jagger, but he was real crazy. And one time he went to someone's house, and he goes, what you cooking, what you cooking? He goes, pork loin on a Tuesday? (laughs) I mean, think about where I grew up, Jonas, that if you ate pork on a Tuesday, it was worthy of mentioning. Steve Bezik, it was a whole different story, though, in Dayton, in the nicest neighborhoods in Dayton. But we got him. We're lucky to have him. (laughs) This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to finish the Super Bowl week and keep on going, baby. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. Right here in Vegas on the Strip, 66 degrees. Oh, yeah. The neon's flowing.
3: It is Super Bowl number 10 for Tom Brady, R.J., but it is his first one without his former coach, Bill Belichick.
0: And the debate is, oh, look, this was the referendum year on who really was the most vital to them winning a historic amount of titles and games and playoff games. And now it's like, oh my, maybe it wasn't Belichick. Maybe, you know, because Belichick wasn't all that good with the Browns, right? I mean, he only won like four or five Super Bowls as a coordinator, but, you know, let's forget that for a second. He, he you know, he wasn't great with the Browns. You know how good the Browns typically are. So maybe he's not a good quarterback. It's like, or a coach. And it's like, really? Is it that much extra airtime that we had to debate how great of a coach Belichick is? But here's what makes it even more absurd. The idea that Brady somehow has done something and Belichick hasn't. Brady has done something. It's amazing that he went to a new team in a COVID year and has done this and won three straight road games to get to the Super Bowl. This is amazing. It is a real capper. Of And maybe it's not a capper, but it would be a capper. If this is it, meaning he doesn't have another big win, this will be a hell of a capper for the GOAT. No doubt. But let's think of what the level of difficulty was for this. It was a situation where Tom Brady said, I'm leaving. He set up the contract where he was free. There was no way to franchise him or anything. And he looked around and said, I'll go wherever I want to go. Now, supposedly the demand wasn't real strong, but let's look at Tampa Bay. This is a team that had seven wins. And Fez, where would you say, just even with Winston, even last season, the truth of Tampa was certainly not below average last season, right? Seven and nine did not tell the story. Correct. They were much more like a nine and seven
2: team that just found creative ways to lose end games, often with horrible turnovers.
0: Okay. So we'd say maybe the 12th best team in the NFL. Okay. So here's what's interesting, though. If you remove the quarterback from every team in the NFL last year, how good would Tampa be? Now, why are we doing that? Because the theory is Brady was going to pick places with bad quarterbacks because that's why they would want him, right? Kansas City didn't want Brady, obviously, et cetera. Green Bay didn't. I mean, Jordan Love, yeah, but not Brady. And to me, it was a very smart move. And he found the team. And, Fez, where would you say Tampa, last year's roster, if you just ignored quarterbacks on any team, where would they rank in the NFL? Let's
2: put them number eight, RJ. All
0: right. So Brady said, I got my choice of some teams here. He solicited San Francisco. He said, "Hey, why not go to the team? of, You know, we under up in the Super Bowl last year. Oh, I can't do that. Okay, I'll go to the eighth best team that has maybe the you know the best receivers in football. One, two, and I'll bring in probably the best receiver of the last ten years. I'll bring in Gronk. Now, listen, this is great. I mean, I give him a ton of credit. And, and and Antonio Brown and Gronk didn't make the difference. And I mean, it, it was meaningful. But what I'm saying is, this guy is is. We're seeing history in front of our eyes. I love Brady, but to go and pick and decide where you're going to go. And then Belichick, who over the course of this 20 years, since the turn of the century, his number of playoff, and we do something called pregame points. And it's real simple. To Whatever round of the playoffs you make, you get points. So if you don't make it, you get zero. You make it to the first round, you get one. Second round, you get two you win the Super Bowl, you get five. So if you look at the playoff points for the New England Patriots the last 20 years, they have double anyone else. So if we just say every round you advance in the playoff is an achievement. New England's double achieved. Now the question is, well, it's Tom Brady, isn't it? It's like, well, he's part of it. But do we, does anyone that watched the games think Tom Brady in the regular season was a better, more talented quarterback than Peyton Manning in his prime? I mean, I don't think we've ever discussed this. Jones, if I said regular season, you're going to randomly throw in a game, Is do you believe Tom Brady was a superior quarterback to Peyton Manning?
3: No, Peyton
2: Manning was a better regular season quarterback.
0: At minimum, it was even. I thought yeah. Peyton was better, too. Yeah. Where would you come down, Fez? Yeah,
2: I'd make Peyton Manning just a smidge better. Yes.
0: So now, why the Colts? Why weren't the Colts in a position to have double as anyone else, or Aaron Rodgers in the regular season? What I'm saying is, Brady is in that small group of three or four quarterbacks, and probably again, I would say three or four because I think you got to put uh, Breeze in there, and you got to put Manning, and you got to put Brady and Rodgers, right? And every, even Big Ben, is in another tier. But those guys all – and maybe Breeze is in between the tiers. I don't know. But I know Peyton Manning was a true peer, and if not superior in the regular season. And how much of that was Belichick? Well, I think probably most of the difference. But what we know is when teams can't win for even five years, that the window – like the Rams were in the Super Bowl – uh, 24 months ago. And since then, they've cut their running back and, and they've traded away their quarterback. This Things change at a lightning speed in the NFL. The windows are so short. Philadelphia wins the Super Bowl three years ago. The coach is fired. <laughs> yes. And somehow Belichick and Brady kept a consistent winning. The, their bad year had 11 wins with a backup quarterback. So to me, uh, uh, before this season... To me, the cupboard was bare in New England because of all the trades and all the different things they did, picking last, getting picks taken from them. It's amazing. They started last year, eight. No, it's just amazing, New England. And to me, for Belichick, you don't think Belichick, how good would, it might be a Chargers-Bucks Super Bowl if Belichick had gone to Los Angeles Chargers. Imagine that at the beginning, it started this year. Or if he had gone to Tampa Bay with Brady, you think he'd be in the Super Bowl right now? Or is it Bruce Arians getting him (laughs) there? So, I mean, to me, it's like, give Brady a ton of credit. But I think if you're – by him being able to cherry-pick the team to continue, it's like – He's saying he's like 55, let's say, not him, but someone, and they get married for a third time, and they get married to a 25-year-old, and they're saying, I wonder whose wife's better looking, mine or Fred's? It's like, well, Fred's been married to this guy for 40 years, so what do you think? She wasn't born. So it's like, I'm not blaming the guy if he wants to do that, but what I'm saying is Brady went and jumped to the, the hot new thing. And Belichick stayed with the team, and instead of us talking about the loyalty of it all, it seems like we're trying to demean Belichick, and I don't get it. What do you think, Jonas?
3: Yeah, no, I I don't understand. If we just if we're talking just Brady versus Belichick, all we have to do is this: take Belichick away from the Patriots and take Brady away from the Bucks. Who's got a better team? It's Tampa Bay, and it's not even close. I mean, it's yeah, it's
0: interesting. I mean, their, interesting.
3: their 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 roster. I mean, we're forgetting New England. I mean, all the opt outs they had before the season. Well, like but they,
0: you can blame Belichick for that in a way, though, right?
3: I mean, you could, but there were opt outs all around the league, and and Belichick wasn't part of those opt outs. That was just guys making decisions for yeah, the safety but they had of themselves. It seemed like family. they had
0: a higher percentage. Yeah, though, right? yeah, but I
3: don't know that that's because of Belichick and because of you know they didn't want to play you know for Belichick and didn't want to have to deal. With this, uh, without Tom Brady, there. I'm just looking at the Patriots as a roster, and the fact I I think they finished seven and nine. I think that's actually pretty impressive. Oh, I mean,
0: remember after they won, uh, Kid, maybe it was game eleven or twelve. They had a big. I guess it was the Baltimore game. And then it was like, what? You know, I remember Colin coming on and saying, "How's he doing this?" Yeah. You know, and obviously they didn't finish. I mean, a Cam underperformed by any. You know, Cam, cam, a, cam Newton
3: was thrown for un, uh, in a passing league. Cam Newton was thrown for like under eighty yards in games, and they were winning. I, I don't understand. I just I don't get it.
0: <laughs> he, this is going to be one of the great little mini teases. Because I've been holding this Belichick Brady like what the true answer is.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas, weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
3: Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of You, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
0: Okay, I've decided I'm not going to give it. So we're going to take our final break. And when we come back, now check this out. We're going to have five prop picks this week. Best bets. The first best bet when we come back. Plus, Fez uncovered something Tampa's done at the end of this year that no other team has done, and he thinks there's a way to make money on it.
3: He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making
1: time next year on Fox Sports Radio.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
3: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And, R.J., it is Super Bowl week, and Super Bowl week means prop bets from one Steve Fezzik.
0: Have you ever seen Fezzik Jonas when he has the little magnifying glass and the Sherlock Holmes hat (laughs) and the leather earmuffs? He was on the case. I think he's uncovered something here, and you know what? It's actually the best bet. So it's both what he uncovered, and we're going to take it and – Make some money with it, hopefully. Go, Fez. All
2: right, I'm going to bet Tampa Bay to receive the opening kickoff. So Tampa Bay to get the ball, minus 150, RJ. And I know all the listeners are asking, wait a minute, this is a 50-50 prop. What is Fezzik doing? So
0: why why would it be a 50-50 prop?
2: Because there's a coin flip and that's 50-50. But what's interesting is that... When teams win the coin, flop, coin flip all year long, they have deferred.
0: But right, Tampa so let's, Bay, let's talk about this. So in the last, I don't know, seven years or so, everyone's kind of figured out deferring is better. So before yes. that, Fez, what was it, about a third of the league would take the ball when they won the toss?
2: That is correct. And so what happened is that Belichick always deferred, and everyone finally, all the other coaches, started copying off of Belichick, and word got out so that... Every NFL team the last few years has deferred in almost every case when they win the coin toss.
0: Okay, so then at a certain point, people figured it out. They emulated Belichick. I'm not sure if Brady's the one that had the idea, but okay. They emulated Belichick. And then it's become kind of boring because you used to be able to create edges. Hey, these guys defer. These guys don't. Who's going to get the ball first? First quarter scoring, that kind of stuff. But lo and behold— Speaking of Tom Brady, the Tampa Bay Bucks went against everyone at the end of the year. Explain. Yeah,
2: so they went rogue. Arians and company won the toss week 16 and 17. And they said, you know what? We don't care that the entire league defers. We want the ball, baby. So they took the ball after winning the coin toss. And you know what, RJ? They scored touchdowns on those drives week 16 and week 17. So they were successful taking the
0: ball. So there might have been a handful of times because of weather or whatever that teams didn't take it, but to take no, to, or didn't defer, but to win the toss twice and take the ball is just something you have not seen. Now the natural question is, well, what about the playoffs? Well, here's the thing: three games for Tampa, they lost the toss in every game, lost, lost, lost. So literally, you can make the case the last two games. Tampa, that they won the toss, they've taken the ball. Now, if they do that here, Fez's bet is a sure thing because Kansas City, it would seem, hasn't deferred or done anything but deferred the whole year. So if they win the toss, give it to Tampa. And if Tampa wins the toss, if they take it, that means Tampa's going to get the ball first no matter what. Fez is only laying minus 150. So tell us what this means. I mean, you don't think the odds are 100%, do you? Fez, what do you think the odds are?
2: So I think the odds are at least a third that Tampa, if they win the toss, takes the ball. And you know what, RJ? It only has to be 20%. One out of five times if Tampa takes the ball, I have a good bet here at minus 150 or less.
0: What do you think of that, Jonas? That's that's (laughs) that's using math to, to win.
3: I just – he never ceases to amaze me. I I mean, the abacus (laughs) was just flipping around.
0: So I got one other thing. Speaking of the math guys, McKenzie from Yale and pregame.com, I think that's the more important thing. He did some research that we were working on and collaborated on, which was how good is Patrick Mahomes when it's a competitive game coming into the game? So the spread is like less than a touchdown, that kind of thing. And then the game itself is not a blowout. If you just look at every possession that meets that criteria, that it was a good team and the game was still in reach for either team, it was still a competitive game, it wasn't a blowout. And there's been 25 games that meet that criteria for him. And some of them partially the blowouts happened. So we removed all the blowout times. And in the 25 competitive games when it was competitive within the game, he, a- he averaged, Patrick Mahomes, 370 yards passing per game. So if he would play three quarters of the game, we'd extrapolate out. So, you know, think of it like this. By quarter, he's passing for almost 100 yards a quarter when they play the very best teams and the game isn't out of hand. So as much as I'm a skeptic of Kansas City— Those stats really speak to what we expect this game to be, a competitive game, that Mahomes is going to have a monster. And I think it's over 315. I don't know if I like that, but boy, that 370 is a big number.
3: If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com for a best bet, a prop bet for Super Bowl 55. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show on the iHeart Radio app.
1: Right out of- Vegas!